financial literacy, and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Welcome to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler, along with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Ram. Good morning. Good morning, Jess. How are you? I am good. How are your holidays? Uh, fast. <laughs> I know. It's such a big buildup, and then it's just like all over all at once, you know? Yeah, I, I'm all right with that. I, You know, I still have some straggling things going on that I like to visit with friends and people I care about, and I don't always do that exactly at the holidays, so... It stretches into the new year. It's part of, personally, it's part of my begin again. It's part of my do-over every new year is, you know, okay, what have I been letting slide? I mean, have I been lax in some way of not reaching out to people I care about? Have I gotten too work-oriented? Because that's one of my, everybody's got their peccadilloes. And, and one of mine is that I lose myself in my work. I love my work. But, you know, I can get obsessed like anybody else. Yeah. And I, I forget some of the things that are important to me. But for other people, I think it's almost the reverse. They remember those things more easily, it's their finances they'll put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. It's funny, there are certain times that are more motivational than others for people. A birthday, for instance, Mm -hmm. or some people thinking about what what do they want to change, how do they want to move forward. Uh, And of course, the biggest one of all is, you know, New Year's, right? It's a New Year's resolution time. Yeah, it's just a fresh year and you figure you can kind of turn over a new leaf a little bit and start fresh. And it's a really optimistic, positive approach to take, but, you know, but... Statistics tell us that New Year's resolutions fail. The interesting part to me is why we think they fail. Mm. You know, beyond just, hey, you know, we, we start these things with too much enthusiasm, we're not realistic, and then they don't pan out. But there's a cycle to this. If there wasn't, we wouldn't keep making New Year's resolutions the same New Year's resolution. Over and over and over again. I mean, how many times have you said, this year is the year I'm going to mm. and fill in the blank? And if that's happening to you, a, a little look about into finance a little look about why these things fail may have some eye-opening effects. One of the things that I like to point to is really this sort of machine we have going on, Jeff. If you type into the website, into a browser right now, New Year's resolutions, financial New Year's resolutions, you will get so many things that will tell you how to make your New Year's resolution. Mm -hmm. I think it's more interesting to look up why do financial New Year's resolutions fail. (laughs) I do, because know why to make their New Year's resolutions, right? Well, it's one of the reasons that, I mean, I think New Year's is a great time for a fresh start, but also it feels like you're starting it when you've just gone into debt for December. I mean, hopefully not, but realistically, Uh a lot of people do go into debt for December. So I feel like January, you're starting kind of in the hole already. Yeah, some people will feel that way. Mostly that comes home to roost in about February. Mm -hmm. When the the bills come in. Bills have come in and they've cycled once. But So let's talk a little bit about what you find when you go out there and you say, why do New Year's resolutions fail? Mm -hmm. Some things you'll find will be some motivational speakers who will tell you some of the, they'll let you in on a little bit of the psychology about why these things fail. And we can talk a bit about that sort of thing as we often do on the side, but I'm I'm not a psychologist. I play one on TV sometimes, it feels like. (laughs) But when it comes to money and the human condition, Mm -hmm. uh, what's affecting us, that is where I really do feel that we understand things here and that are helpful to people. And to be honest with you, it's largely from what people tell me over the years. You know, what has gone awry for them? Mm -hmm. Why is their money so intrinsically tied to their weight problem, for instance? Or what is the issue with, you know, partners being on the same page and one person always wants to 
make the plan and save the finances and the other person wants to pat them on the back and say good job or maybe just ignore it and not look at that. How do those sort of codependent, if you will, relationships happen for us within finances? And we've done many things on this and, and we'll continue to. But what I think was fascinating to me was most of the lists I found about why these financial New Year's resolutions would fail mm-hmm. pointed to a similar area. Now, I'll give you one example that I think was short and one of the best examples. Okay. A website called savingchamps.com. They have things there to talk to you about saving money. And when you see why they think these financial resolutions, as they put it, do not stick, they list seven points. The first is unrealistic budget plans. Mm -hmm. The second is losing track of your expenses. The third is not cutting unnecessary costs. Number four, keeping up with the Joneses. Impulse spending is the fifth reason. Then not using tools for managing and saving money. Okay. And failure to plan for unexpected events. Yeah, I think we all do a number of those things. These are the seven reasons why New Year's resolutions about finances fail. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, no kidding. They're yeah. all about that, budgeting. That happens all year long. And yeah, and they're all about budgeting. And mm. what is the one thing we really, really don't want to do? We don't want to plan a budget. So then you go out and you find websites or you, you, you find videos on how to plan a budget, and they all say the same thing that we've talked about many times. You know, you estimate your expenses, you try to make it fit your income, and then you go about trying to accomplish that. Well, no kidding, this fails. So what I think is helpful is to understand, first of all, that the odds are stacked against you. If you're you're making this plan, and I don't mean that pessimistically, I'm going to tell you the good things in a moment, but if you're making this plan at New Year's time, Mm -hmm. uh, you're already, you know, exhausted from the holidays. Yeah, stressed out. The bills are coming in like you pointed out. You know in your heart of hearts you probably spent money you shouldn't have, whatever it is. If that is what's driving you to make your New Year's resolutions, I don't care. I'm just happy you're making one. (laughs) (laughs) But I do care that it has a chance for survival. And so at any time, whether it's New Year's or whatever drives you forward towards saying, I want to make a plan, there are a few things you need to do to be good to yourself and give it a chance. Okay. Do you suggest making a plan in January or it really doesn't matter what month it is as long as you have a plan? Oh, I suggest making a plan, making another plan if the first one fails, making a plan after that if that fails. (laughs) Just have a plan. I'm serious. You have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. But that's really the key, Jess. You don't have to start everywhere. Mm. I am as guilty of this as anybody I know. I like to make an elaborate plan with all the contingency models. (laughs) It's what I do for Mm. a living, right? I other people. But when it is your own stuff, it doesn't matter what it is. Anybody will tell you the cobbler's kids don't always have shoes, you know, and you have to find ways to get past that. Mm -hmm. And for me, of course, in finance, finding ways to get past that has been a lifelong pursuit and one of the reasons I'm able to help other people do it. So the first thing, the very first thing I want you to do when you sit down and you've carved out a day to do this because it's this unimaginable task in your mind, right, insurmountable, you're going to need a lot of block of time to do this. The first thing I want you to do is start small. Okay. Start really small and don't expect perfection. Whatever you do will get you to the next place. My brother's a doctor of psychology, and he's fond of saying, if you're upset about your life, you're unhappy, change one thing. Mm -hmm. And darned if that isn't useful. (laughs) 
So what would be a good tip for, say you were going to start with one thing, what would be the first thing you would suggest to people to start with? Would it be writing down what they think their expenses are or what would be the one small thing they could start with? So you would think that I would say, here's how you start this, right? And mm-hmm. I will give you my suggestion. But what I'm going to say is find the thing that's easiest for you to face. Okay. Not the thing that bothers you the most, Mm -hmm. not the thing you absolutely have to conquer. Baby steps. Start with the thing that's easiest for you to face. If it happens to be, oh, I don't know, I'm only going to go out to eat once a week instead of three times a week. If Mm -hmm. that's easy for you, start there. If that's difficult for you, don't push yourself into that. Start somewhere else. You know, I am going to sit down and make a list because I'm good at making lists. So that's what I'll do. I'll make a list. Whatever is the easiest way to get going that will get you over that hurdle of, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, I have to do this thing. It's awful. For, For many of our clients, the easiest thing is to call us and say, I need a coach. I'm not good at this. Mm-hmm. Help me give this some structure. Help keep me going with some gentle nudges, you know, some reminders, because I want to do this. It's very important to me. But if I could have done it by now, I would have. And I'm tired of doing the same thing every new year, making these resolutions. And right. so, yeah, one of the most effective places, if you're able to face it, to start is a budget. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean sit down and estimate your expenses. Don't torture yourself. You will do this. I promise you will do it. You're It will look like it fits into your pay. Everything will look great and something inevitably will happen. I guarantee it. You might do well for a month or two, but sooner or later, the kid's going to need sneakers. The car is going to break down. The furnace is going to need cleaning, something you didn't plan on. Right. And your budget will fail. And the result is that you feel that sense of failure. And that's what I mean when we talk about the human condition and money. You know, we have this love-hate relationship with money and we want to wrangle it in and make it behave the way we want because we are often, we're going to say stuck, but okay, stuck with our income. You know, we may be on a fixed income, even if we're working. Mm-hmm. People think a fixed income is just somebody who's retired. But even if you're working, if you didn't get a pay raise this year, guess what? Your income's the same as it was last year. Right. Maybe so... This is the most difficult thing, I think, for people is to wrap their mind around the idea of being a little patient with themselves about money because most of us see it as this dragon we have to slay and we want so much to carve out a little bit of time, sit down, make the plan, check it off the list and be done with it. And the fact of the matter is it's like raising children. It's not going to happen like that. You're not, your kid doesn't come out with a wash and wear tag and here's the instructions and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. You have to keep being flexible and learn as you go and find help when you need it and do the things that you're able to do and forgive yourself a little bit if there are things that you're not able to do right now and say, I'm going to work towards that. I'm going to do that a little bit later. When you help people with their budget, do you also, like, I always find that, like, I kind of know what my monthly expenses are, but there always seems to be something extra. And I'm not talking about, like, the car breaking down, but it'll be like, oh, I need an inspection sticker. That's a once a year Mm -hmm. thing that I didn't figure in. Or excise tax or, you know, your copay on prescriptions where you hadn't thought of that for the monthly budget. But so do you have like a miscellaneous category or how do you cover that stuff? Well, absolutely. I mean, the first thing 
thing is, you said a mouthful. When I plan a budget, something else always seems to come up. Mm-hmm. You plan for that. Well, you don't. You track your expenses. You do plan for it, but you do it a different way. You track your expenses on a regular basis. Now, we have Hug Your Budget on our website now, and, and that's a tool that we use so that you can even go back historically. For instance, you could say, well, planning a budget is the easiest thing for me. I'm going to go into Hug Your Budget. I'm going to take my checking statements and my credit card statements, and I'm going to go back the last month, two months, six months, whatever you want, and put the data in there historically. This is what I actually spent. Mm -hmm. That saves you from pretending that you're going to make this work. It's hard to do. You're going to look at it and say, oh, I don't want to see the bottom line, but it's worth it. And then from that, we can say, well, you know, as a coach, I can say, well, you know, I don't see anything in here for exactly the kind of things you're talking about, even though there are categories for that, Mm -hmm. excise taxes and things like that. And then you can say, what we need to do is balance what you've got and we need to pad it a little bit so that there's an extra 100, 200, 300, whatever it happens to be for people monthly. And we're going to build an emergency cash reserve account with that first before we talk about anything else. You've got to have emergency reserves. And if over the next 12 months you find yourself dipping into that for those things, guess what you're doing? You're tracking those expenses in your budget as well and come forward you're going to have a much more accurate budget than you thought you would have. But it takes a little time. It's really easy to do. I mean, once you set up your categories, bing, 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 click, click, and the stuff is in there. But it does take a little bit of effort. Now, the alternative, I don't love, but the alternative is I work with a financial planner who says to me, yeah, I do a little budgeting. And when I asked about what kind of budgeting they do, it was that sort of quick draw budgeting. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, but you know that's not accurate. And he said, yeah, I know it's not. That's why we pad everything thing by $2,000 a month toward retirement. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, seriously, who has that kind of money that you're working with who can afford to just, even if you're well off, a couple and a month extra just in case is some people's whole salary, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So so I thought, wow, that's the best we can do is to say, we know we're not accurate, so we're just going to throw a bunch of extra money in there. (laughs) We can. We can. And be much more accurate, and you could have a sense that you actually are comfortable with what you're spending. You can see what it is. You can make adjustments. It isn't pie in the sky. All right. Well, we but, will have more on this in the second half, but in the meantime, I want to get your phone number. Sure. It's 413-773-3333. And I'd encourage everybody to go to HugYourMoney.com. We will have much more with The Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, coming up with Part 2 of Financial Fitness on WHMP.